You're listening to the My Three Picks podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ages. On each episode of the show, we'll be talking with some really interesting people who'll be sharing three of their favorite pictures with us. Maybe it'll be pictures they've been in, pictures they've taken, or pictures they just really like. But the common thing between all the pics will be that there's something important or meaningful to those pictures that has had an impact on their lives somehow. So sit back, get comfortable, and let's get on to the podcast. All right, welcome back to the show and welcome to episode nine of the My Three Picks podcast. Um, one of the coolest things I like doing about this podcast is the fact that I get to pick the brains of some of the most creative people I know. And one of them isn't sitting in front of me today. Not, not really sitting in front of me, virtually sitting in front of me. Um, and I'm also loving how there are themes and ideas that keep coming up through the episodes. And so whether I'd be talking to a photographer a life coach who helps us navigate through challenges, or just somebody who loves creating for the sake of creating. And one of those constants that's coming through the podcast is that my guests have found things that fill them up. And I, what I mean by that is that it fills up their souls and fuels their passions. And something I think that we could all desperately uh, take stock of these days. And so today is no different. And I'm excited about it. And it's yet another evolution of the show. Today, I'm talking to artist and painter, Joanna Reynolds. And Joanna, in quotations, air quotations, creates dynamic abstractions using oil and acrylic paint. Joanna's work is known for elegant, contemplative layers of interrupted by moody, gestural bursts of unexpected color. And for those listeners who have been tuning in regularly, you'll know that I didn't come up with that on the spot. That uh, it sounded really good because it was actually a direct quote from Joanna's website. So I'm going to hardly say that Joanne is new to the, the artistic scene or the creator scene. She's, as I said, one of the more creative people I know. Uh, musician, painter, student of art, student of the studio, um, studied in at Concordia University in Montreal, designer. She's done it all, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a theme here with Joanne, and that is that I think she's a creator. So I'm thrilled that she found the time to come on the show. Uh, welcome, Joanna. Oh, Mark, thank you so much for having me. I am truly honored to be here. Oh, it's great. I'm, I'm excited that you're here. So, you know, would you say it's, it's fair to say that, you know, the, the kind of theme of expression has been something that's been a, a constant through your life? Oh, 100%. Um, it really started when I was a little kid. Like, you know, lots of little kids love to draw and paint. I really yeah. did. It's been mm. out. I was just um, practicing. I had a couple of books from the time I was about five, six that I used to sort of guide me in terms of creating animations, okay. uh, studying th those sorts of lines and trying to figure out how to bring something to life from uh, a one-dimensional space. Right. Uh, then I had an uncle from New York who uh, was really instrumental in um, kind of seeding something deeper in me and seeing me as a creative person, even though I was just a child. Right. Uh, it was having that adult recognition and support that was, um, that it wasn't your parents, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. that was just really validating. And he, he stayed with us quite a bit when I was, when I was a child and, um, he invested in me. He, he gave me professional yeah. grade paints when I was 10 for Christmas, a whole, he kitted me out. And then he, yeah. um, and he proceeded to give me lessons when he was, you know, when he wasn't working with my dad on these projects, yeah. uh, 
would give me lessons in mm-hmm. portraiture, which I was terrible at today. But I mean, that's only because I haven't really, I haven't really explored it that much. I think I'm a little intimidated by it. But so it's come out in this other sort of more abstracted way. But nonetheless, um, a love of materials, a love of painting, a desire to keep learning. Um, and now, I mean, honestly, I just can never imagine stopping. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it shows and I, I am so impressed with, you know, the direction that your work has come over the last, I don't know, what is it? Five, five six, seven years yeah. or so? Yeah. That? Five years that I've kind of really turned all the way back to painting after, um, you know, having, we had an art gallery later yeah. uh, at the art gallery, which I loved. And that was also, also a huge interest of mine. Right. Uh, and, you know, I had a graphic design practice that was freelance for a number of years before the gallery. And yeah. my husband and my sister-in-law and I had a little glassware company that was all based out of uh, using recycled glass. And we had our work all over our country and through mm-hmm. the state and, and um, some wonderful museum gallery gift shops. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've always had sort of a hand in, in create creativity right. uh, and music, too. Yeah, um, yeah. The painting is just, yeah, it feels really full circle because it's really and 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 genuinely is my my first position, my biggest interest and in, and in love. So right, you know, some people talk about expression or them working through art as a form of like either catharsis or joy. Um, you know, what do you what would you say about that? Well, for sure, joy. I mean. Mm. Uh, when I sort of bravely sort of faced, uh, faced it again, because there was fear, there was trepidation, there was fear, you know, whenever, you know what it's like when you put yourself out there in in any kind of artistic endeavor, um, it's vulnerable. You're sort of showing your insides, you know? Um, so I, you know, when I started to sort of come around to it again, um, it was kind of, it felt kind of do or die. Okay. Okay. Um, and so it brings me a great deal of joy. I actually remember when I was sort of a year and a half in, I remember walking into, at this point, I just, I was working from home because the kids were of a certain age. I just, it was easier for me to just be close to them yeah. um, when they needed me. Uh, but I just remember walking into my studio, which was, you know, my dining room converted, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it was fully like, there was a thing <laughs> going on there, maybe me snacking as I worked. Yeah. Um, I remember walking in and I remember just kind of, I actually kind of fell to my knees. Like it was this moment where I realized this is it. I'm, I've committed to this. It's I'm evolving publicly. That's a pretty brave, you know, big step to take. Um, But I was, I didn't see any other way around it. There was just no other way. I had to do it because it felt like I might go crazy if I didn't. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think you would, I think you are channeling and, and expressing, I think, a lot of artists, you know, whatever, whatever field they might be in, whether it's the performing arts or the visual arts or whatever. I mean, I think that there's that commitment, you know, I, I was actually, I was, in, I had an interview with somebody a while ago and, and um, she was talking about the idea that for 10 years she resisted and she was a photographer, but she was like, I resisted kind of picking up a camera mm-hmm. um, because I get, partially I think because of that fear of committing to it, you know? And um, so I think that's a common thing. You, you're expressing like a common thing. Yeah. I wonder if it's almost like, um, it's almost like you're crossing over into this other realm Yeah, uh, where it's, 
you know, suddenly uh, your whole body and, and, you know, your whole personage knows it to be true that right. you need it and it needs you, but there's a faith thing. So when you, when it, tr- there's a transformation, I think, uh, that, that can happen mm-hmm. and when it does, you feel it. Yeah. Uh, just where you fully embody it, you fully embrace it. You step yeah. into it with all your, with all your everything. Right. Right. Well, as I said, I mean, I, I've been very proud of you actually for the last five years for, it's just the growth is incredible. And, you know, I, I, of course, direct all listeners to go and check out, uh, Joanna's stuff and I'll give you the links to all that stuff in the podcast, but, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, let's talk about creating for a second. So when you're, when you're creating something, um, do you feel is there, is there pressure for you to to be new all the time? Like do, when you're working on a on a on a piece, mm-hmm. you kind of start and go, oh, "Gosh, I feel like I've done this before. I can't. I've got to start again. I've got to." Oh, that's so yeah. That's really interesting. I actually feel like I naturally I, I had to learn this about myself really as I paid close attention to myself as I evolved into my practice. Yeah, um, I feel like I cycle through like three or four kind of themes or variations and, and sort of styles, there is always kind of a, a thread. Uh, it's always the, you know, it's my hand basically and my, my ideas, but, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I seem to shift. I shape shift around, um, mm. because it feels like I'm recording what is coming up. So it doesn't really occasionally I'll think, Oh, I'm in this stage again, but I can, now I can kind of look back and I can kind of connect dots from, Oh, I'm, it seems like I'm, I've gone back to, you know, very naturally leaning toward painting more um, literal mountain shapes. Whereas, you know, other times they're very back backgroundy and uh, hazy and suggestive rather than, um, you know, so in your face as a, you know, a, more of a mountain, a familiar mountain shape. Right. Uh, but, but thematically I seem to always paint the same, um, the same types of things and, and mountains come up a lot. Um, water, um, skies. Uh, and then from there, I, I, you know, these things, um, even though they're familiar to us, I feel like there's so much, um, poetic license I can take when I am painting because that, because it is abstracted. Sure. My, my goal really is more and more to make, to break it down to the essential and bring it. It's really about bringing um, a sense of energy to a painting Mm. so that in an abstract painting, I give you enough material to let your mind go where it wants to go, but there'll be little familiar uh, things in there for you to use as, as like a wayfinder right. in the painting. Right. Um, I won't necessarily finish all the lines so that you have, your mind has something to do so you can be making it up or finishing a painting in your own mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Therefore being a co-creator with me, right. which I right. think is fun and more yeah. interesting as you know, a viewer to see a painting that, that, that uh, allows you to do that. Let's go to the first picture um, you submitted, and that's you and your husband Zach. 
and you were in a gallery. Tell me what's what's going on with this one. So, okay. So this photograph is um, taken in, we had a building on Dundas around Beaconsfield, Toronto, um, sort of like uh, just north of the Drake, north of the Gladstone Hotel by one major um, street. So uh, we had this gallery and this building for, um, I guess, five, five years. Um, we had the gallery open and running for four. And we did a lot of amazing shows there. We, had, we took this building and we converted it to... Um, you know, the, there's an art gallery that that I was running on the main floor. There was a funny little kitchen in the in the basement, um, and then there, there was like a two story apartment above the gallery, which we turned into artist studios. And at the gallery, we um, we did some amazing. We we worked with incredible artists for all those years, um, and we only ever took on really one artist whose work, you know, we sort of represented that we actually still do represent. Um, and that was the work of Tony Harting. Um, he uh, and his wife, Rhea, unfortunately, are not with us any longer um, here on earth. Um, but uh, I certainly feel their creative spirit around me all the time. Um, they were, as far as like an intergenerational friendship goes, they were it for us. Um, they, they were amazing people. He was a photographer. He was an, uh, an aerospace engineer by, by trade and an, also an author. Okay. And his wife, Rhea, was, um, was a, worked in a, in a law firm in Toronto and was kind of the breadwinner for Tony, who was very much um, the sort of more dom- domineering kind of character, but also just this amazing photographer. And mm. it's a bit of a long tale, our, our relationship with them and, and then how we ended up representing uh, them in this exhibition. But the, the gist of it is that um, Tony and Rhea took a trip in 1973 after um, immigrating from Holland. Mm-hmm. And um, Tony's mom was, was still in Holland and she was uh, very close to, to uh, passing. And she called and said, I have a little money. I want to give it to you. I don't want you to do anything um, organized, like buy a, ha- a house. I yeah. want you to use this money to enjoy something with your, with your new wife, do something really fun. So Tony had knowledge of the South of France and he, uh, and, and Rhea, Rhea didn't know France at all. Uh, and so he, he decided uh, that they should take this money and spend it. They loved eating. They loved adventuring. Um, and uh, Tony knew France because of his photography days um, uh, when he was in university. And he, they, they did this trip. They, they rented a VW Westphalia van uh, that they uh, picked up in, in Holland. They saw some friends. They had made all these reservations for these Michelin, three-star Michelin-rated restaurants all mm. through France. Like the world's top restaurants. And they were so yeah. bohemian. Yeah. They did this trip and it took them uh, the, the show that we, that we did at the gallery was called 30 and 20 and it was 30 Michelin stars in 20 days. Mm. Tony, and Tony and Rhea had, we had them over for dinner, you know, a year before we had this exhibition and they brought over this album and they showed us, you know, and they had all this ephemera. They had four menus from, they had like Loe Cisse and Maxime's in Paris and Paul Bocuse and 
uh, La Pyramide, which was another really famous um, French restaurant at the time. Um, and, you know, they, they, they literally had all the stuff we would need to create a show. Right. So we did, we did, we made this show happen at, at this gallery that we had. And it was a ticketed food event every four, I think it was four Thursdays through the month of September um, in 2010. And um, it was just a, such a ball. Mm. Um, Jamie Kennedy cooked for, for the press preview. Uh, Donna Dewar was one of the chefs. There were uh, several others who were involved. And it was such a kick. We had uh, we curated 19 photographs out of their collection of, of photographs from their trip. We had a big map on the wall of all the places they went. We, I can you know, see it there. I can see it there. Yeah. Yeah. Tony and Rhea were, you know, they just, why would anybody want to come to see, you know, this trip that we did? And we said, well, because it sort of represents the best things in life. It's love. It's adventure. It's doing things on your own terms. It's being mm. brave enough to, you know, here they are. Um, eating in, you know, in these incredibly expensive restaurants that have all this, you know, mm. the, the reputation precedes them. Um, and here they are just having it on their own terms. Rhea made her own gowns, mm. uh, stitched them by hand. Mm. Tony had a suit. He, every time they had a, a layover day between restaurants, he would, you know, air out his suit and they would camp. Mm. In the, mm. Anyway, we were so proud to do this show and it was mm. such a fun fun time right yeah I'm saying, so, i mean it sounds it sounds like it has a very um you know apart from you know running a business and kind of you know you running the gallery and all the work that went into doing that it sounds like it sounds like there's a really deep emotional kind of connection for you on this one. Oh, 100 percent it was it was just such an amazing experience to know tony and ria as well as we did i mean they, it was incredible we were sort yeah. of like we were peers, but yet they were, they had no children. So we were kind of like their surrogate older children. Uh, when Lily, our daughter Lily was born, you know, there were no grandparents uh, around. Everybody lived out of province. And so Tony and Rhea were very much like grandparents to Lily in many ways. Um, and yet they were also our mentors because they lived such a pure creative life. It was just, it was astonishing to know them as mm. did. we were very close. So you'd, probably, you'd say inspirational people in your life for sure then? Very much so. And mm. Tony took a picture of Zach and I standing in the gallery just as we were taking the show down. Yeah. So. It's a, it's a, well, it's a, lovely, it's a lovely picture. It's a nice Thanks. one. Yeah. It was, it was a bittersweet moment having to take down those things. I didn't sure. want to. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it was. Um, I mean, you know, moving from, from Tony's work to your, to your own work, mm-hmm. tell, me about your, tell me about your first show of your your abstract painting. Do you remember how, do you remember how that felt? Yeah. Um, what, what was it? Nerves, excitement, all of it? It was all of it. Um, it was, I, you know, I knew I had to start somewhere and I remember a, a close friend of mine, Stu Jones, who's a brilliant painter, lives in um, Prince Edward County. Uh, he said, I remember when, when I was starting to get my sea legs, uh, you know, and take another swing at this, uh, in my grown up life. Um, and he just said, you know, you're going to have to share it. You're going to have to get out there and be in front of your peers. You, that's a, that's a big part of this. And you're going to yeah. have to you know, stand out there in, 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 you know, just take it. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like I, I haven't really stopped doing that. Um, yeah. 
I mean, it is, a, he's right. It, uh, that has been a massive part of the growth. And I remember when I, so the very first show I did was actually um, called the artist project here in Toronto. And I applied and I just sort of, you know, I thought, God, I've got to dig in somewhere. And at least here, um, you know, if I, if I get in, then I, I go from there. I, I, I decide right. what I'm going to do after that. I can either decline or I can accept, you yeah. know, the invitation. Yeah. So I did get in and, uh, and it was just, I was like, well, here, here we go. Here it is. I'm, sure. I'm doing it. And I, and whenever I do anything like this and, and this for show is no exception, I was all in. I mm. spoke to everybody who came to see the work. It, you know, I wasn't forceful mm. or anything. I just was grateful right. to be there. It was always an honor to talk to anybody who wanted to talk to me about what I was up to. Yeah. Um, and, and even to this day, whenever anyone buys a painting from me, it is never lost on me. It is, mm. uh, it's an honor every time. An honor. Right. So, yeah, and we, we, you know, we were talking just before we kind of came on air too, we were talking about, you know, previous guests, but we were talking about kind of that idea of, of midlife transitions and coaching and such. Do you think being the age you are, and I'm by no secrets, Joanna is in the the prime of life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not embarrassed. No, 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 you shouldn't be. Like we're all there, right? But like, do you think that your growth, and maybe this is true for all ours, I'm not sure, but like, do you think there's something to kind of, you know, having a little bit of tread through life and kind of having experienced some some successes and failures and then being able to kind of either embrace what you're doing more fully because you are where you are, or you just go into it with a bit of wisdom of saying like, you know what, this is it. I know what I, I know what I like and I know what I don't like and I'm in. Cause you've, you've mentioned the idea of, you, you know, yeah. you go full in, right? I do think that the age I am now with the experience I've had behind me, mm -hmm. a kind of winding road um, all makes sense and adds up to be, this is the time for me to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I am a, an entrepreneurial um, person. So for me, it's, you know, this isn't true for, for all uh, artists, certainly for painters. I, I think some people prefer to just be in the studio and have a gallery do the work. Yeah, I've had the gallery experience. I know what it is to curate. Mm -hmm. um, I know what it is to do the, <laughs> the jobs, the boring jobs, right. you know, and the exciting jobs and the creative jobs. And I'm fine with it. Yeah, uh, I'm good right now. It, it makes me happy to, to be able to be, you know, just be able to cover all that ground. And I can, and when I can't, I'll know to hire an, a studio assistant. Right. And that's definitely something I'd like to do in the future. Yeah. But for now, this is working. I feel yeah. like it's about to get, it's starting to change. I can feel it changing now. Yeah. And like so, what, do mean, what do you mean? You feel it changing? Like what, in oh, what sense? Well, I guess, I mean, any, anyone, you know, nobody knew what the pandemic was going to bring in terms mm. of work for many people. It right. has a disaster and it's yeah. meant, uh, you know, uh, like throwing yourself upside down and hoping you land on your feet. Um, I had no clue if people were going to buy paintings. I assumed they weren't, but right. it's the opposite. Okay. I have been um, extremely busy. Mm. Um, and now 
I have because I sell a lot of of paintings through uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I found I have there's just a huge audience of people that you can continuously find. Yeah, and for me the way I work, I just I'm constantly uh, reaching out. I'm constantly planting seeds. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the entrepreneur in me. Yeah, um, but it's it's remarkable to me. There is so much. Uh, there's so much out there and I know, and again, I say this, uh, acknowledging privilege, sure. acknowledging the fact that this has not been so for many people. So yeah. I acknowledge that I am experiencing privilege on many levels here, yeah. I know, but, uh, but I couldn't, I just, what I couldn't have known in the beginning is how, how busy I would be right now through a mm-hmm. pandemic. Well, I mean, I, you know, and I, I think we've, we've kind of a, talked about this earlier as well. It's just the idea that, you know, in this time, I think people are looking for ways of expressing themselves, whether it be for purchasing art or creating art or what have you, you know, they, they are, you know, there's a need to kind of uh, connect with others and kind of, you know, live life. Right. And so, as you say, like, it's a, it's a time of incredible difficulty for some people and that's not lost on us, but it's also potentially a time of of expansion, right? And, and creativity. So, yeah. And giving back, there's many, there's yeah. just endless ways, right? I mean, that's what I always think about too. Like a, a pillar for me in my practice is thinking about how I can give back. Um, and you can do that in so many different ways. Your time, your, what you make, obviously money. Yeah. Um, it's just endless. You can be of help. You can be in service. And for me, um, I, that is something I take very seriously. That seems like an opportune time to shift into picture number two, which is, which is, which is amazing too. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, of course I like pictures, of course. So like, this is, this is your daughter, Lily. It feels like there's a story to this photo. There is a story. So, um, my dad's mom was American. I have a ton of family in the U S um, they are cousins, but they feel more like, you know, more than cousins in many ways, uh, more, more like brotherly, sisterly relationships, really. Yeah. My grandmother was from Maine, from Lewiston, okay. Maine. And um, so as a result, I, th- you know, there's a lot of family gathering that goes on in Maine. Um, and we have an official uh, family reunion every five years. And this has been true since I was 10. Uh, and I've only ever missed one. Okay. Past summer, we were supposed to gather again, uh, but it didn't happen. It was, anyway, the, it was the fifth last summer? Yeah. Was, oh, man, timing. It was too bad yeah. uh, that we couldn't get together, but uh, obviously there, we couldn't do it. Sure. Uh, but I treasure those times. My dad uh, has been gone for 15 years now, mm-hmm. and my brother and I and my mom were really the connection uh, in Canada because all of the other cousins are in the States. Yeah. Um, so this picture was taken when we went to Maine when Lily was three, this mm-hmm. was the first time, you know, my family's first time meeting Lily. And, uh, so I, it was a very important trip. Um, we drove, we actually flew to Halifax to see Zach's parents who lived there. Okay. We borrowed a car from them. Yeah. We drove to Maine from there, which was a hell of a long drive anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think it made any difference whether we left from there or from Toronto. <laughs> it was a long ass drive. I'll say that. Um, but, uh, and with Lily in the car, we just didn't know we'd never done a trip like that with her. So, uh, this was actually on our way home. We needed to stop and stay. And this was in Bangor. Okay. And somehow we ended up at, I don't know how we ended up here is this weird little hotel that overlooked this teeny little, well, I guess it was the Bangor airport. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what this picture is of. And I didn't have a decent, I didn't have a camera with me. Uh, I had my phone, but it wasn't an Apple, you know, it wasn't a, with a good camera. It was whatever I had du jour. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just, but this happened on its own. And unfortunately the picture that I shared with you was just a re it was a photo of a photo that I ran through Photoshop to try and bring balance to the, to, you know, and value to what was already going on there, which was pretty, pretty dark. Um, but the original picture, uh, I, I just did the best with what I had, but I think it captures the mood. Yeah. Um, Well, I love, I love how, I love how Lily's looking out at the plane. I mean, that's for me, that's the way that's the central focus of the image, right. Is like, She's looking this, through these little eyes, looking out at this plane that's, you know, yeah. can travel the world. And it was so it's so cool. Yeah, it's kind of, um, and yet it's also, I feel like it's so um, utilitarian looking because of its sort of sure. the shape that it, you know, suggests these squares and rectangles. And um, there's nothing terribly soft about this picture, except there is a soft bit of lighting. And then there's the softness of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, totally it's a nice kind of juxtaposition of ideas and shapes, which is probably yeah. what I like about it outside of the fact that it's my, my beautiful little daughter. Of course. Of course. No, I, I mean, I love it. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's very documentary ish, you know, like street photography vibe to it. You know, it's got that. Uh, yeah. And I'm, and also just the fact that it is a representation of a photo too. It's kind of got that grainy quality as well to it. That makes it, yeah, it's true. There's like a texture to it. It's, uh, yeah. it's, yeah. And it's by way of its materials. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It adds character anyways, but I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, I think I, for me, it's this, you're right. It is kind of the darkness, the shades, but then there's the softness of the silhouette of Lily looking out the window. Right. It's yeah. so cool. And the plane too. The plane is a focal image as well Is a focus yeah. of the, you know. Yeah, it was just so beautifully framed on its yeah. own. Yeah, all I, it was all I could do to just like quickly, quickly try and capture it a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's what that's what's unique about photography, right? It's like you capture these distinct moments that can never be repeated, right? So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but talking about your family, and and you mentioned, you know, some of the work that Zach's been doing you know, you, you don't have it, you don't lack from creative, uh, you know, opportunity, let's say in, uh, your household or your family. Um, what's it like, what's it like creating with somebody so close? What's it like creating with Zach? Do you turn to him for inspiration, yeah. collaboration? Talk to me about that. Uh, well, you know, actually Lily and Zach and Jules, our youngest, um, I always get them to look, if I have a painting at home, I get them to look at it. Lily is like my litmus test. Right. If she, if her instant reaction is ease and there's a sort of a, a, a tone in her voice, I know that I'm, I'm there. I'm on the right track. Awesome. That's a good gauge. Really cool. And yeah. she knows too. She'll, she'll be able to pick things out. 
so it's weird. It's almost like we share a brain in, in some respects that way. Yeah. Um, and with Zach, because he, you know, his first position is from, you know, music composition. Um, he, he always has a different perspective to lend me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that for each other, which is fantastic. And one of the things that uh, ha- happened very naturally um, over the last couple of years uh, is that he's been working, um, he's been uh, working on a new music project involving a pedal steel guitar. And if you, if anybody uh, listening, or if you Mark know or like Daniel Lanois and yeah. the work he's done on pedal steel, uh, which is very ethereal, not really country music like at all. It's more like you're 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 looking into the into the sky at night, and you're letting your mind sort of unfold along mm. with galaxies. Mm. That's the kind of music he's been working on. It's stunning. Oh. Wow. And when he plays, the whole house is, you know, ampl- amplifying the music. And oftentimes, before I moved into the studio that I'm in now, um, I would be painting to his music. And that would just be happening because for me to try and put any other music on would be absurd because it was filling the house. Yeah. So I found that I was just painting to his music all the time. Huh. And it was informing my painting without question. I can't tell you exactly how because it would just happen in the moment. But um, Zach and I have known each other for, we've been together nearly 30 years, yeah. um, met at Concordia, um, playing music. Um, yeah. when that's how we met, we had a band together. I mean, that's how it, the, that's the, the roots of our relationship as you know. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I, I it's incredible. Yeah. I love, I love our way together. Um, yeah. it feels it's, it's just who we are and it feels like we've never been closer to expressing ourselves in the most authentic ways possible. Yeah. You know, it, and just talking about that idea of kind of collaboration, like you, you, I think it's a, it's a, uh, kind of tone throughout your work too. Like you collaborate with other artists quite a bit, like your recent, uh, work at Langdon Hall with Kara Mac- McIntosh, right. Yeah. And, and others, Joey Loblaw as well. Joel Lobla, yeah. He's yeah, a architect, like, uh, but he also loves to, to paint. He's he's a you know, he's a wonderful creative mind. Yeah, like is that is that something you look for? Do you look for those opportunities to kind of co-create with other people? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also the reason why, you know, I think of it like a garden. So if I, you know, if my painting practice is a garden, I want my garden to be really healthy and really diverse. Mm. Um if there are people out there who I, you know, see an opportunity to work with or do something with where there's benefit to both, yeah. I'm all over it and mm. reaching left and right. And I think that makes uh, for very interesting work experiences that don't feel like work, right. that feel like collaboration, that feel like um, exploration. Yeah. And so, you know, fosters creativity and curiosity, which um, we need more and more of that. Yeah. Sort of yeah. be higher your higher faculties really that's what i'm very interested in is and you know cultivating my in, my intuition more and more um and it helps with painting and painting helps uh everything really so right. um, for me that's that is what i've learned about myself at nearly 50 that um doing this is is as important to me to to be my best the best version of myself where i can be in service in the world yeah. As, as it is about making art and other people liking my art and then ultimately, you know, having a piece for themselves, which is joyful all the way. Yeah. I was about, I was about to ask you, actually, I was like, I was going to ask you like, what is, what is, what does painting do for you? 
But yeah, I think you've just answered that. Yeah, it's honestly, honest, honestly, it's full circle. It makes me feel like I know what I'm here for. Speaking of painting, let's look at one of your paintings. So tell me about this one. This is this painting is called I've Come to Understand You. And you've selected that of of the many paintings you could have selected, and you have like there's 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 a broad array and selection of paintings you could have understood. And and I think I mean I must say, like from look from having looked at your paintings over time to, you know, some are like you know, very light. Like you use a palette that's like like whites and kind of beiges and and when you sent me this one I was a little surprised it's 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 kind of the it's green (laughs) green yeah um (laughs) well so this painting is is interesting to me because it feels like a doorway into something else and maybe it's indicative of uh where I'm at mentally right now with okay the way things are, it being February, just no feeling. <laughs> we could all use a bit of green. We could all use a little more green. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, yeah, I feel like this painting happened um, very naturally. Um, some, like sometimes, for example, uh, I will labor over a painting and I'll be in the messy middle for so long. I think it's not worth it anymore. Yeah, but part of the practice of of a practice is just showing up even when it's ugh, making you insane. Right. Um, it's your duty to, to show up. Yeah. Now, if you get an assist by way of, you know, inspiration or a feeling of flow, which I know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. the, that flow feeling is everything. Um, that's what surfers love. That's what, you know, Jimi Hendrix talked about, um, like where his arm felt like an extent, his guitar felt like an extension of his body because he was so in the flow. That's how that music came through. Uh, just as an example, I mean, so many people talk about this and, uh, this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but when that's not there, if you're not there to show up and, you know, be there to receive it or be in it, nothing gets done. Right. So, um, so it's up to me to be there and, and be working. So sometimes things come out after a lot of labor and sometimes you just get one that flies out and it's a gift and it's bloody perfect. Mm-hmm. This little painting, uh, was one of those. It came out very quickly and very beautifully just on, it kind of created, it felt like it created itself to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, and I remember when I, after I finished it, I was like, wow, that's really understated for what I usually come up with. Yeah. But there was something about it that Mm -hmm. just brought me a lot of peace. Mm. And so I posted it, even though I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Yeah. You know what? No, it is what it is. Here it is. And the diverse crowd that responded to that just spoke volumes to me. Mm Mm-hmm. It was what, incredible. What, what were people saying? What were people saying about it? Uh, I think people just found it to be comforting and interesting, and maybe dreamy, and, and somewhere you could rest. Mm. You know. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it is definitely well. It, it, I mean, and this is again the beauty of abstract work. It's like there's many interpretations to that, right? But um, you know, yeah. it does. It is. 
it's restful. It's restful. Yeah, it's restful. But yeah. at the same time, it you don't go there and do nothing. You you are invited with these little bit of wobbly lines. Yeah. Um, to you have to do a little bit. You know, it's yeah. not work. It's not unenjoyable work you have to do with this painting. It's it's quite nice. Right. But it's interesting. It's interesting enough that you. Um, it's not. It's not so easy that it's that it's a, a pass. It's something inviting. Right. So in order, you know, to, it, when something like that happens and you're able to transmit that, that um, mood with, you know, paint and a paintbrush and the marks that you make with your wrist or your arm, you know, it sort of comes, comes out of you. Yeah. That's really interesting to me. Mm. Uh, and I also loved that it seemed to appeal across just so many lines. Um, yeah. Just the response on that painting has has been really interesting to me. Is that still is that one that you still have, or is that has that has that been sold to somebody? It's sold. Uh, it's mm. sold. Um, I am. I ha- have been working on uh, a number of paintings in that same uh, vibe, uh, some slightly different uh, tone tonally uh, mm. palette, but some green as well because I do actually quite like a green painting. Sure. Um, there were a few that. Did when I was when I had that sh- uh, slow garden show with Joel, yeah. uh, there was a huge green theme there. I think I just want I want to to feel summer. I want to feel. <laughs> I, I think I'm just yearning for it myself. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just that's why I chose that painting because I did feel like it was um, a bit of a doorway, a bit of a mm. portal, and okay. I liked feeling. I thought it was good to take people on a little um, holiday. I like that. I like that. Um, let's. And I, I like the title too. I should say. I know. I like that too. I've come to understand you. I like it. It feels sort of like um, I feel like we need that in this situation we're in right now. Mm. More understanding and less. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, some of the lunacy that's out there right now, but it also makes me sad because I just I know people can get almost hypnotized, you know, right. on the track. And then suddenly that's what they get swept away in. And that makes me sad from a human point of view. Right. Let's so try, let's, to be, you know, something, something, a bit of a, let's come, let's bring it back to yeah. something else. Let's start again. Right. Let's try something. Okay. So here's a bit of a test. So I want you to, I want, let's use this one as an example too, or well, forget that. Just use any one of your paintings as an example, but <clears throat> you've had, you've had a lot of great success and like good stuff happening lately. Have there been any, and, and not only, not only in Canada or, or Toronto, but like around the world, you've been to Sweden, you've had a solo show there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Air Canada's, got some of your stuff on permanent collection and LaGuardia. Like it's, things are good. Yeah. Have there been, have there been any, have there been any surprises? Surprises. Uh, Good or bad? Good or bad? A couple of things I've had to navigate that have been um, challenging and not fun in terms of um, like intellectual property rights, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, that I've had to stand up for myself, but all, all told, I must say that all of those things that, uh, you know, the, the good outweighs the bad by far. Uh, and anything that I've had to learn 
that's felt tough and stressful as I've mm-hmm. gone through the last five years, mm-hmm. building what I'm building, um, has been there for all the right reasons in that I have learned and not forgotten. So these lessons have sunk in and they have continued to inform me uh, in my choices. And, you know, being selective about, you don't have to say yes to everything. Um, So learning that is super important. Let's go on to something that I like to do at the end, which is kind of just a quick fire round. Um, So I just asked you a few questions. You know how, you know the drill, you know the drill with a quick fire round. So here we go. So your stuff is going on permanent collection. AGO or MoMA? AGO. All right. Love it. Patriotic. Because, so yeah, um, but it's, like, it's a goal for me. Yeah. yeah so AGO yeah, first, yeah. MoMA that's next. Good. That's good. Um, a favorite Canadian artist that's currently kind of inspiring you? Oh, God. There are so many. So many. And it's a tough one. So just... Uh, I'm going to say my friend Nancy Friedland. I encourage everybody to look at her work. Love it. Shout out to Nancy. Um, most comfortable place for you to create something? Probably the studio because I can, I can just really unwind here yeah. and I can be messy and I am messy. <laughs> yeah. I can be my true messy, messy self. <laughs> Air Canada or WestJet? This is such a, this is a setup. I mean, you know, I, I know the answer to this one already. So, um, well, it really depends on the situation. Let's pass on that one. We'll pass. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be strategic on that one. Well, when we were flying places, it was Porter over everyone oh, else. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, listen. I hope you're listening, Porter. Um, your current favorite color to work with? Uh, green? You mentioned green. Yeah, and uh, that would make yeah, sense. It's always shades of blue. It's always, they're always going to be um, shades like blue, like tonally all facets of blue uh and then i do enjoy a good little hit of jewel tone here and there you know white um yeah yeah. i I love i love your pastels and your paintings that's my thing i like pastelies um thank you so much for coming on the show today i loved every single minute that's so great i'm so glad you did what's what's coming up for you what are you what are you looking forward to well i Right now, um, work-wise, I've got a few commissions, and um, I also have new work going to Langdon Hall next week. So the show's been extended into the spring because it's been so bizarre, but things have been going well anyway, even virtually with the Langdon work. And I love working with the Langdon Hall um, people, Jen Houghton and and Braden Bennett. Uh, They are absolute gems of, of human beings and uh, also so creative and willing to, um, I don't know, just try new things. They're yeah. wonderful. Mm. Um, so new work going there. I have another, I'm in a little group show with three other artists, Sharon Barr, another Kara McIntosh is in, uh, in this other show. We're together again. Uh, and Andrea Seuss from Victoria, BC. Okay. Um, through uh, a platform called Artwork, A-R-T-W-R-K.ca. That's coming up middle March. And then I have a little series of more of these sort of green paintings uh, coming coming from my website. Uh, Like I'll be releasing that little series in the next two weeks or so. Oh, amazing. So you're, you're busy, which is great to hear. And yeah. Yeah. And if, 
people want to go and check out Joanna's stuff, which I, I thoroughly recommend you do, um, the best way to do that is probably through your website or Instagram. Um, so I will put the links to both of those things in the podcast notes. So you don't have to copy it down right now, which is a pain in the butt. We don't want to do that. Um, again, Joanna, it's so nice to see you. It's so nice to talk to you. I'm so glad you could come on the show and actually tell us about your process and your inspirations. And again, I love the fact that this podcast is more than just for photographers too. So you're just another creator that's come on the show. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. As I said, it's uh, it's my honor, my privilege, and I thank you for uh, asking such interesting questions. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. A huge thanks to Joanna for coming on the show and talking to us about spring. God, do we need that? We need more talk about green and spring and. Thank you, Joanna, for that. Um, What a journey. I loved hearing about her inspirations, kind of where she is now, the people she works with, and how she's just feeling like she is in the moment. And it's clearly showing because she is producing amazing stuff. So thanks again, Joanna, for coming on. You know, if you want to tell me about other people to have on the show or you want to just give me feedback about how things are going, I'm all ears for that. And the best way to do that, as usual, is either through my website or through Instagram. You can get me both ways. You can get everybody that way nowadays, Instagram, websites. Um, And coming up on the show, we've got some amazing people. Uh, I've got some interviews coming up with uh, Blake Jorgensen, who's an incredible photographer based in Whistler, British Columbia, who does amazing stuff. Um, just like, you know, amazing and different, totally different to my world. So I'm excited about hearing how Blake navigates that. Uh, as always, I hope everybody is doing well. The end is near in a good way. Uh, spring is close, all that good stuff. I can see it on the horizon. So just hang on, everybody hang on until then have a great week and take care.